Welcome to Pioneer Church Online. We're so happy you joined us this morning, and it was just an amazing time of worship. And so we're just thankful that you joined us. Uh, we know that you could be viewing any other church right now, but you've decided to click on the link for Pioneer, and we're just so glad that you joined us. Um, I know that Pastor Jeremy already did an introduction, but I'm, my name is Tasha, and we just have the privilege of leading this amazing community called Pioneer, and we're just so glad you're here with us this morning. If you've never connected with us, you can do that right now. You can connect on our website at pioneerchurch.com slash connect. You can fill out a form there, and we would just love to get to know you. We know right now it's a little strange, so we won't be able to meet face-to-face, -face, but um, we would still love to get to know who you are, get to see who's watching with us and joining in in worship. Um, so please don't forget to fill out a Connect card. We want to know who you are. We want to know your name. Um, maybe a Zoom call or email. We just want to get to know you. Um, we also believe um, here at Pioneer that we, we can pray and join together with our brothers and sisters and whatever is going on in your life, we want to know about it. Um, so you can submit your prayer request online at pioneerchurch.com slash prayer. You can submit the form there and we pray for that specific request for a couple of weeks and then we just want to know what's going on with that after we've prayed for it for that time. Um, you can also submit your praise reports there because we want to rejoice with you and know what the Lord has done and is going to do in your life. And we just want to stand firm with you. So we believe that. So just fill that out right now so we can stand firm with you in whatever's going on with your life. Um, we also believe that God has called us to live a generous life, not just as pioneers in this community, but also in, in the community of, of being Christians, we, we believe that God has called us to be generous, and one way we can do that is to give, to sow into the kingdom. So we give you three different ways that you can do that. You can do that on the website at pioneerchurch.com slash give. Um, you can also text the amount to 84321, and then it will send you information on how what to fill out, and you can set up reoccurring giving if you'd like, just whatever God has placed on your heart. Um, and then if you want to give something physical, you can also mail in um, to our P.O. Box address. All of that's going to be on the bottom of the screen. So if you miss any of that, you can catch it there. Um, it's also listed on our website. But again, we're just so happy you joined us. Wherever you're viewing, on YouTube, Facebook, just share. Just like, just share the words so that other people can hear the gospel. Um, and we just, we just want to reach the nations. Amen. And so that's the tools we have to use is social media. And so we know we can use that to benefit um, us in spreading the gospel. So just share um, your Facebook video, share the YouTube, like, subscribe, whatever you have to do to get the word out. But again, we're just so glad you joined us. Let's prepare our hearts and minds as Pastor Jeremy comes to bring the word. church has been born again, right? Yeah, you can type amen. I feel like this is the year that the church has been born again because it's going through another change. It's going through another shift. And so um, it is Pentecost Sunday. Uh, we, we started our series last week, God, Are You Listening? And we're in the book of Habakkuk. God, are you listening? Because we, we know that, like, listen, I, if you guys are new to tuning in, if you guys, this is your first time, I just want to let you know, this isn't a series about answers, but this is a series about invitation. 
This whole series is about invitation, about asking God questions. And if I'm going to be completely transparent with you guys, if I'm going to be completely real with you, we got a rough week. It's been a rough week. Um, I know some of us, we're, we're tired physically, we're tired emotionally, we're tired spiritually, and we're tired mentally. I mean, look at the events that have transpired since the beginning of the year. First, we get hit by COVID-19 and everything that entails, right? Loss of jobs, loss of life, furlough, an attack on mental health. And then as a people, we, we witness the murder of Ahmaud Arbery. And then we see, then we hear about the murder of Breonna Taylor. And then we witness the murder of George Floyd. And I'm sure the questions that you're having right now, because the same questions that I'm having is, God, are you listening? Are you watching? Are you seeing what's going on? Do you see like people everywhere? The world is hurting. The I am hurting, right? That's a prayer for someone. I am hurting. The world is hurting. What's going on? Do, do you care? Are you watching? Are you watching? Are you seeing this? Why have you allowed this? I can't give you the answers. Only God can. But I want to let you know that God is not scared of your questions. Mm -hmm. He's not scared to hear that grievance or that mourning. He's not scared of it. He doesn't see you come in and go, oh, God, they're back again. That's, that's not the God I serve. Yeah. But he invites those questions. He invites that hurt. He invites those grievances. And he wants them to bring, bring those questions to us. And, and what I've noticed about today is that we keep on looking for spirit. Like, the world is hurting. The world is groaning. Um, I was telling my team last night that I just, I was on Twitter and I hit riot. And there are riots all over the place. And they're crying. And they, we're looking for answers. And we're looking for hope. But it's just broken and hurting. And I want to let you know, church, that the world is looking for answers. But they're not looking for you to give the answers. You're just pointing to the, to the God who gives all the answers. You can say, I know you're hurting and I know you're lamenting and I know you're grieving and I'm grieving too and I don't have all the answers and I don't understand how all this works but all I know is that when I look to Jesus he has the answers to all my questions to all my fears all my everything that I'm going through every time I go to him he allows me to be me and he allows me to grieve he allows me to be ugly and angry and upset and that's what we're talking about in this book of Habakkuk is that he goes before God and he goes to God with all of his pains and he goes to God with all of his fears and he goes and he says, God, what is going on with my people? The same question that we're having today, he's asking the same question thousands of years ago. What is going on? I'm scared. I'm hurting. We... As Christians, we need to be comfortable in asking God questions because look at the world when we don't. That's the best example. Look at the world. When we, we as Christians, we know that we can go to God in prayer. We know that we can go to God with questions. But look at the world right now. They're hurting because they don't know who to ask the question to. They're not going to find their answer in the government. They're not going to find their answer, answer in, in a, in, on Google. They're not going to find their answer to a mom or a dad. They're not going to find their answer there. But it's our job to say, listen, I know you have a lot of questions, and I know you're hurting, and I empathize with that pain, but I want to let you know that I, don't get rid of that pain. Take that same pain that you're feeling. Take that same hurt that you're feeling. Take that same betrayal that you're feeling. And a God wants to sit in the room with you, and he wants to unpack all that stuff with you. He's not a distant God. He's not a distant God. He draws near to you. 
When you draw near to him, he says, I will draw near to you. And there's nothing that scares him. He's not scared of that. Yeah. He's not shying away from that. He's not blocking your phone calls. He said, no, I see your hurt. I see your pain. And I was there. And I know justice didn't happen. But listen, bring that to me. Bring that to me. Because when I give you an answer, it's going to change your whole life. Have you ever noticed that when God gives you an answer, your whole paradigm shifts? Yeah. A lot of us are asking questions and we're looking for answers. And God is like, if you would just sit here and chill out, I'm going to give you the answer. Yeah. I'll give you the answer. I don't have the answer, Facebook. I don't have the answer, YouTube. I don't have that answer. I wish I could sit here and say, oh, here's the answer, but I don't have it. All I have is invitations. And what happens, what happens with invitations? If we send out enough invitations and all of us go before God and we start praying and the Holy Spirit starts showing up, we start getting different answers. We start getting not different answers. We get one answer, but they have different ways to come to us. And that's the beauty of it. And so we're in Habakkuk 2. Habakkuk is talking to God and he's telling him Israel is a mess. Israel is a mess. How are you going to deal with Israel? How are you going to deal with it? Because they are doing so many immoral and unjust things. Kind of like the world that we live in today, right? He's saying they're doing a lot of crazy things. How are you going to take care of this? And we spoke about that last week. And God, God and we spoke about God last week says, listen, I don't, I'm not endorsing the Babylonians. But I'm going to use them to refine or chastise Israel. This is what I'm going to use. And so now we come to Habakkuk gets really angry with God. He's like, you're going to use the Babylonians? They're worse than us. They're terrible people. They're horrible people. They're more wicked than Israel. Why would you use them? So we pick up in Habakkuk 2. I'm reading out of the Amplified Version. And so this is a prayer, and I want you guys to notice this. He says, this is a back of talking to God. He goes, I, and so he's asking him the second question. The first question is, God, what are you going to do about Israel? The second question is, okay, God, um, what are you, if you're going to use them, why the Babylonians? Why are you going to use them? And so he's questioning God. And he says, I will stand at my guard post and station myself on the tower. And I will keep watch to see what he will say to me and what answer I will give as his spokesman when I am reproved. I will stand at my guard post and station myself on the tower and I will keep watch. He's a watchman. Huh. He's a watchman. And I will see what you will say to me. You ever noticed? Do we ever you ever question God? You ever ask God questions? But do you ever notice sometimes that, like we'll ask God questions, but we'll never wait for an answer? Right? We'll ask God all kinds of questions, but we don't want to wait for an answer. Because if you're not answering me right now, if you're not saying something right now, obviously you got nothing to say. Obviously, you're doing so many other things where you can't answer me. But you know what it takes to wait for an answer? It takes faith. Yeah. It takes faith to wait for an answer. Because while I wait, my faith is like, God, I know you're going to talk. I know you're going to say something to me. But if I would just wait on the Lord, if I would just sit here and wait on the Lord, he will give me the answers. And listen, he will answer you. If we were to wait on the Lord as Christians, if we learned how to just be quiet and before asking any more or before giving statements, we just asked questions and we waited for an answer. God will show up. That's his promise because I can guarantee you that one answer from God can change your entire life. One answer from God can transform your entire paradigm. When it becomes the one, see, see, you guys don't understand the power of an answer from God, the power of God's voice, because when it's an answer from God, it can be the very thing that can save your family. When it's an answer from God, it becomes the very thing that can break your addiction. When it's an answer from God, it becomes the very thing that mends your marriage. And when it's an answer from God, it's the very thing that breaks racism. See, is the answer worth waiting for? Mm -hmm. At that point, the, 
is the answer worth waiting for? Yes, ask him questions. Ask him away. But a heart full of faith says, God, I'm, I'm going to wait on your answer. And until you answer, I'm, I'm just going to wait. It may take a day. It may take a week. It may take a month. It may take years. But I'm going to wait on your answer. I'm going to wait until you say something. The answer is worth the wait. So we don't wait without... See, the problem is sometimes we wait without expectation. We wait without expectation. And God is saying, if you were to wait on me, and listen, if you ask me a question, I'm going to answer you. He's not a, he's not a God treating us like petulant children. He's not that God that's like, well, I want you to keep on asking. I want you to keep on asking. No, no, no. He says, ask me and I will answer you. The way Habakkuk says, I'm going to stand here at this guard post and I'm going to wait until you answer me. So many of us are committed to the question, but we're not committed to the answer. I'm committed to asking my question and getting my voice heard, but I'm not committed to waiting on you and waiting for your answer. And Habakkuk is saying, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait like a watchman looking for the, I'm going to wait, I'm going to, he went up to the, he says, he says, he says the, this um, description that he puts up, he's like, I'm going to wait like a watchman watching at the tower. I'm going to get up, I'm going to elevate myself and I'm going to say, God, uh, I just want to get close to you because I want to hear the answer as soon as it comes out of your mouth. Look at the world right now. The world is asking so many questions. The world is asking so many Christians, we're asking so many questions, and yet we don't take the time to wait on an answer. But you have to know those that wait on the Lord will receive their answer. When you wait on God, when you don't move and you say, God, I'm asking these questions out of pain. I'm asking these questions out of fear. I'm asking these questions out of hurt. And I'm just going to wait on you because I know your answer can break everything that's going on in the world right now. You're the answer. God, I know you're the answer. Mm -hmm. See, it's, it's the heart in which we ask questions. It's the heart in which we ask questions. Because some of us, we question God as if he's on trial for his actions. We question God as if he's on trial for his actions. That heart doesn't care about what the answer is because you've already sentenced him. That's not the heart that cares about an answer because you've already sentenced him. You've already written him off and said, you're guilty in my eyes because you let this happen. Imagine if Habakkuk were to ask all those questions. God, where are you? God, ask all these questions and all this pain out of all this hurt. And then he's like, you know what? You're not going to answer him out of here. He's already made up his mind. And then what, does that, what happens in our life? We ask questions, we don't wait, wait on an answer, and then we resent God. Well, how come God didn't answer? Well, you didn't wait, brother. How come God didn't see me? Well, you didn't, did you wait? Did you take a moment and say, God, I, I want to wait on this. I want to hear your voice on this. I don't want to rush to my own conclusion, but I want to hear you. Did, did you wait? We want, we, we question God because we want God to justify his actions. We want, see, and it's so funny because I look at that and I look at that courtroom when we ask from a place where it's just like, God, where are you? And when we don't wait for an answer, we begin to, we're the judge and he's the defendant. We're the judge and he's the defendant. And as soon as he doesn't give us a good enough answer, you're guilty, God, because you didn't show up. God was like, I, I was answering, I was speaking to you. But you have to understand that my answers may not fit your world of thinking. They don't fit your paradigm of thinking. My, the way I answer, it doesn't fit your box. Mm -hmm. And the truth is, if I'm going to be completely honest, he doesn't have to answer us if he doesn't want to. That's not the God I serve. The God I serve wants to draw near to you. Yeah. He wants to come close to you. He wants to be with you. Like it says that God is infinitely high, but infinitely nigh. Like he, he wants to be closer than a brother. And the God, yes, guess what? He's going to answer everything according to his will. But there are some things he just won't give us the answer to. 
not until glory, not until glory. He'll never get tired of your questions. And then I want to go into verse 2. It says, Then the Lord answered me, answered me and said, Write the vision and engrave it plainly on clay tablets so that the one who reads it will run. For this vision is yet for the appointed time. It hurries towards the goal of fulfillment. It will not fail. Even though it delays, wait patiently for it because it will certainly come. It will not delay. I'm going to read that again. It says, the Lord said to him, write the vision and engrave it plainly on clay tablets so that anyone who grabs it, anyone who reads it will run. For the vision is for an appointed future time. It, it hurries towards the goal of fulfillment. It will not fail. Even though it delays, we will wait, wait patiently for it because it will certainly come. It will not delay. When God gives you a vision, when God gives you a vision, the question becomes, I told y'all I was going to rap. I put this on Facebook. I was going to rap. <laughs> Drop the beat. No, I'm just kidding. This is not Eminem type rapping. There's no spaghetti on my shirt. <laughs> my knees are not weak. My knees have never been stronger <laughs> in Christ Jesus. When God gives you a vision, right? So we ask, we ask questions. God gives answers. And then the question, now the thing is, is like, how are you going to make that vision rap? How are you going to make that vision rap? And God, when I was studying this, I realized that God wants his vision to rap. And it may, it may have a beat, and you may have to freestyle. And you're talking about, what do you mean rap? When God gives you a vision, he wants your vision to rap. He wants to make it repeatable. He wants to make it applicable. And he wants to make it practical. They're going to write that down in the chat. Again, he wants to make your vision rap. He wants to make it repeatable. He wants to make it applicable. And he wants to make it practical. This week, um, in light of the murder of George Floyd, I was studying this and I, and I said, oh God, well, we get you. All right, I want, I want to make... I want to make the vision that you gave for our church. I want to make the vision that you gave for the church and, and on my family. I want to make your vision rap. I want to, I want to, how do I make your vision rap? How do I make it repeatable? How do I make it applicable? And how do I make it practical? So on Friday, I went on Instagram, on Thursday night, I put on Instagram. I'm like, you know what? We know racism is evil and it's wicked and it's terrible, but I know the vision God put for me and I know the God vision, the vision that God put for this church. And so what? I want to do something, God. I want to take this right. What does it say? What does he say to um, Habakkuk? Take this vision and make it plain. Take this vision and make it plain and write it down on clay tablets so that whoever's run, whoever sees it may run with it. So basically what God is saying, that whoever sees this vision, whoever sees this problem, they can pick it up and run with it with no problem. And so right there I knew, I was like, okay, I got to make this repeatable, I got to make this applicable, and I got to make this um, practical. So on Friday, I took, on um, Friday on uh, Instagram, I was there all day. And I just fielded questions about racism and how to destroy racism and how to address racism in our own lives and how to address our own prejudices and how to address our own thing. And see, like, I didn't know that I was rapping at the time. I didn't know I was rapping because it's repeatable. What I did is repeatable. Anyone who has an Instagram or has social media can pose a question on their, to their friend groups about any topic. Mine just happened to be about the current affairs of the world that we live in and experiences. So that's something that's repeatable, right? That's not difficult. As long as you have a smartphone and as long as you have a social media account, that's something that you can repeat. That's something that you can do on your own. Maybe posing a question to your friend, friend group, maybe posing a question to your family and saying, hey, where do we stand on this? Like, what's your view of this? How do we do this? That's something that's repeatable. People, you guys can see that you guys online, you can go to my Instagram and look at it and you can see, okay, this is repeatable. I can do this. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I didn't do anything hard. I just put the question out there. Faith, racism, and how do you make a difference? Okay, that's repeatable. We can ask questions. Questions are repeatable. 
I made it applicable. I gave answers that were relevant, pertinent, and actionable. That's applicable. My hope is that I was giving wisdom and showing people on how to navigate through this difficult time. They could apply that to themselves. I didn't want to give answers that didn't have anything to do with anything. I wanted to give answers that were pertinent and relevant that they could say, hmm, I could see that. Oh, I, could, I, could, I understand where that, that happens. Uh, I could apply that to my life. You know what? I may go ask my parents or I may go ask my brother and sisters. It's applicable. It's something that they can apply to their life. Some of us, we like to make stuff repeatable, but we don't make it applicable. Because what does it say in the scripture? Write, write the vision down and make it plain. It's a, I didn't make what I did difficult. I didn't use hard, I didn't give hard answers. I didn't say, hey, you need to go check out this thesaurus or you need to go check out these difficult things. I said, hey, you want a book to read? There's a book called Reconciliation Blues. Hey, where in the Bible does it say it? Luke, it says this. Jesus met the Samaritan at the well. I took biblical things, simple biblical truths, and I said, this is how it attacks racism. This shows that this is against racism. Jesus is against racism. Jesus is against injustice. Jesus is against... And I took something, something that we can all read, right? The scriptures. And I said, this is how this, this scripture can apply to this very situation. This is how it happens. And then I did it, and I was like, okay, how do I make this practical? I was answering questions on things that I knew from the word, things, through things I have learned and things that I experienced and, and, I, and I knew. Um, and if I didn't know, it was easy to say, I don't know. And it was an easy, it was answered with tools to give people to work with. It's practical. When someone said, hey, as, as a, a white person, how do I help a person of color? How do I do that? Immerse yourself in the culture. Read books. Read scriptures where God was against racism. If you look at the woman at the well, Jesus literally went out of his way to go meet that woman at the well. And guess what? He didn't go with a group of people. He actually told the disciples to go into the city and go get something to eat because his mind was focused on the one. That's practical. You need to find someone in your life, a person of color, or ask anyone who's going through oppression and ask them and say, hey, how do I do this? How do I sit down one-on-one, -on -one, have coffee, do the trendy Bible thing. Meet you at Starbucks, I'll order a caramel macchiato. Coffee's on me. That's easy, that's practical. I can sit down with someone one-on-one. -on -one. There are people I worked with when I used to work in retail who have a different lifestyle than me. They believe different things. They, they live their life differently. And I, whenever I would have questions or I saw that the way they lived their life was a hot topic in society, I would go and sit down with them one-on-one, -on -one, practical. I would go sit down with them one-on-one -on -one and say, help me understand. I don't get it. Help me understand. Why? Why? Like, why are you viewed this way? Why is this viewed this way? Help me, help me understand. I don't, I don't get it. And I didn't come with all of my biases, and I didn't come with answers. I just came with questions. And whatever the answer was, the answer was. But I was able to assess that and in a practical way, ask them like, hey, I'm asking from a place of ignorance, so please be patient with me. So we have to learn how to make the vision wrap. You have to learn how to make the vision for your life wrap. Because when you make the vision for your life wrap, people gain healing. People gain hope. Because it's something that's repeatable. It's something that's applicable. It's something that's practical. It's something that I could pass on to, to my daughters. It's something that I could pass down to young people in the church. It's something that you could pass to someone else and say, hey, here's what I did. Here's what's repeatable. Here's what's applicable. And here's what's practical. Here are three areas. And right now, the world needs your vision to wrap. The world needs this Bible to wrap. It needs to be in that format because when you make it difficult, people get overburdened. If it's not something repeatable, they're not even going to try. If it's not something applicable, they're going to say, that has nothing to do with me. And if it's not something practical, they're going to be like, I, I tried, but that just seems too hard. Or you know what? I don't know anyone. Repeatable, applicable, practical. In verse 3 and 4, 
I know y'all were waiting for me to rap. I, don't, I mean, I ain't no rapper. I know where my gifting's at. Come on. I know Supreme's my calling Supreme's gospel. Come on now. Verse 3 says, For the vision is yet for the appointed future time. It hurries towards the goal of fulfillment and it will not fail. Even though it delays, wait patiently for it because it will certainly come. It will not delay. Look at the proud one. He's talking at Babylon. Look at he's talking about Babylon. Look at the proud one. His soul is not right within him, but the righteous will live by faith. The righteous will live by faith. The righteous will live by faith. And what I, what I love about verses 3 and 4, he says the righteous will live by faith. God talks about the calamity and the judgment that the Babylonians will, will have. And if you, read, if you read all the rest of chapter 2, God goes into detail and says, hey, Babylon is going to meet these, uh, Babylon's going to go through some hard times. And he wasn't only talking about, when he gives us, he's not only talking about Babylon, but he's talking about any nation that looks like Babylon, that acts like Babylon. He's saying, hey, they're going to go through, I'm not letting them go. Yes, I may be using Babylon to chastise Israel. I may be using Babylon to refine Israel, but I don't endorse them at all. I'm going to use them, but I don't endorse them. And so I'm, I'm going to hold them accountable. They're going to be held accountable to me. And so you have to understand, as, as we live in this world, we're going to want justice. But you have to understand that God is our justice. God is our justice. If you think someone's getting away with anything, God is our justice. Yes, we can grieve. Yes, we can be actionable. Yes, do things to make sure justice is carried out. We can make phone calls. We can peacefully protest. But at the end of the day, God holds that soul in the palm of his hand. Yeah. And his sense of justice is so much higher than my sense of justice. See, my sense of justice only worries about the physical. His sense of justice looks at the spiritual. Oh, come on, somebody. That's good. Come on, somebody. The Bible says, don't, don't worry about the person who can murder your body. Don't worry about that person. Worry about the person who judges your soul. And yes, we want justice. We want equality. We want this brutality to stop. But you have to understand, as we pursue justice, as we look to Christ towards justice, I need you to understand that God is working. He's not just going to see this and say, oh, you guys figure that one out. That's, yeah. That gets a little bit hairier. I don't want to get into those denominations. I don't want to do that. Oh, he doesn't do that. God is just like you're pursuing justice. He's been pursuing it since before we even understood it. And his sense of justice is so much pure. And so God, in the, in the rest of chapter 2, God says, there will be five woes. That's a Drake reference. <laughs> Riding through the six with my woes. Um, five woes or sorrows that Babylon will be judged for. God was riding through the five with his woes. <laughs> and woe one and two talk about, he says, hey, you want to know the five woes that, gonna go, that they're going to go through? He says, woe one and two is going to talk about the unjust economic practices that are going on. Where do... I'm just going to let you guys think about that on your own. <laughs> woe three talks about unjust slave labor and treatment. If this ain't a book for today, I don't know what is. Yeah. Woe four is the abuse of power and alcohol by irresponsible leaders. Y'all, I'm Pastor Jeremy's not saying these things. I'm not saying these things. This is what God is talking about. He's saying this is for Babylon and any nation that acts like Babylon. Y'all can fill in the blank wherever you want, but I'm, I'm not saying this. God is like, we're going to go through these woes. Woe five talks about our idolatry and materialism because they became slaves of their own power and of their own conquest. Man. God is like, listen, this, that's why he said, write the vision down and make it plain so that anyone who sees it can run with it. Because guess what? This vision is not just for now. It's for the future. Wow. We're in 2020. This happened thousands of years ago. And God is like, hey, any nation that acts like that, they have to be held accountable to me. 
they have to be held accountable to me. And these are the five things. I mean, we look at this and we're like, God, we, you got woes going on right now? Because <laughs> look at the world around us. Look at the world around us. Chris, if you don't mind coming up, I'm just going to close. I want to tell you guys that he's telling Habakkuk this. He's like, these are the five woes that they're going to go through. Here's what they're going to go through. Here's, here's how I'm going to, I'm going to use them, but then they, they're going, I am judge, and I will hold them accountable for all of their actions. I'm going to hold them accountable. And, and, and I bet you Habakkuk was like, yeah, yeah, you're going to get them. You're going to get them, God. Yeah, get them. Yo, can I give you the spoiler alert? Habakkuk has to live through all those woes with them. Spoiler alert, newsflash, it's not that God removes Habakkuk from this happening, that God is telling him all these woes, and he's like, Habakkuk, you're going to be in the midst of that. I think some of us, we think that like, oh, God's going to make this happen. Listen, we live on, we live on earth now. So whatever God is going to do, however he's going to hold his judgment, you have to know that we're going to have to live in the midst of it. But I want to encourage you. I don't want you to leave here today not encouraged. Is that, is that You have to understand that even though God gave him the answer, we must live through the hurt, pain, and confusion. we got to remember that God is sovereign. He is just. And he will not allow any evil to go unpunished. That our faith in God, it says, because he said it in, in, in uh, chapter 2, he says the righteous will live by faith. If I don't know what your belief system is, I don't know if you even consider yourself righteous. But if you are in Christ Jesus, the righteous will live by faith. So our faith isn't in our government. Our faith isn't in our money. Our faith shouldn't even be in your pastor. Our faith isn't in mom and dad. Our faith is in Christ Jesus alone because the righteous live by faith. And we know that when God holds the scales in his hand, evil doesn't go unpunished. It just doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't go unpunished. I want to, I know I'm jumping because it's a small book, but I want to read, I'm going to read a couple more verses and then we're going to end. As we go to Habakkuk 3, verse 17. I'm going to get there with you guys. I'm gonna, again, I'm reading out of the Amplified. It says, and, then, and, and so when God speaks to Habakkuk and he says, hey, no evil is going to go unpunished. That's not going to happen. I'm God. I'm sovereign and I'm just. It, Habakkuk is rejoicing. What? You're rejoicing? Why are you rejoicing? Like, you gotta go through these woes with Babylon? Are you, is this for real? Like, you're gonna, you, God's gonna use them to chastise you, and then and Habakkuk starts rejoicing. He ends the book on rejoicing. He ends the book on faith. And so we're going to pick up on verse 17. It says, though the fig tree does not blossom, and there is no fruit on the vines, though the yield of the olive fails, and the fields of pro and the fields produce no food, though the flock is cut off from the fold, and there is no cattle in the stalls, yet I will choose to rejoice in the Lord. I will choose to shout in exaltation in the victorious God of my salvation. The God is my strength, my source of courage, my invincible army. He has made my feet steady and sure like hinds feet and will make me walk forward with spiritual confidence on my high places of, of challenge and responsibility. What a way to end. What a way to end. He's saying, I know this is going on. I know injustices are happening. I know the world is on fire right now. And I know all this, all this racial tension is going on. I know there's riots and looting going on. But he's like, I look to the hills. I'm shifting my attention from what I see on this earth. And I'm going to focus on you. Because if I keep on focusing what's going on here, I, it's just going to bring me down. But, but he says it. He says, he, and then you have to understand that. He says, I choose. So this is a decision. I'm not saying to ignore your hurt. I'm not saying to ignore your pain. I'm not saying that. Those are real emotions. And, and you know, grieving and mourning and trauma, these are real emotions. And you got to sit with those things. And you got to bring them before God. But Habakkuk says, Yet I choose 
to rejoice in the Lord. Habakkuk, you just heard God tell you that you're going to go through a rough time. You just heard God tell you, like, Israel's going to go through a tough time. He says, yet I choose. I've made the decision to rejoice in the Lord. Now, anyone else, right? We look at the answer God gave Habakkuk, and we're like, that's a, that's a bad answer. I don't like it. I don't like that answer. I wouldn't like that answer. Why is Habakkuk happy about that answer? That's not a good answer. But you have to understand that when God spoke to me and gave him that answer, that answer changed his heart. Even though it wasn't favorable, even though it wasn't something that you, like, we're rejoicing, oh, thank God he's going to use Babylon to, you know, you know, chastise us, oh, thank God. He, he's like, God, I, I got an answer. I know where this is going, but I'm righteous, and so I live by faith. I made the decision to shout in exaltation in the victorious God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength, my source of courage. He is my invincible army. He has made my feet steady and sure like hinds feet, and he walks with me forward with spiritual confidence. So I want to encourage you believers. I want to encourage everyone who is living in this time and who's hurt and confused and who has pain and who is pent up and you feel lost. I want to encourage you that I don't have the answers. Pastor Jeremy doesn't have the answers. No pastor has the answers. Only God has the answers. But you have to make the decision to allow him to answer you. You got to make the decision to put your faith in him. Yes, we're going through rough times. We're going through divided times. But I, today, I will make the decision to put my faith in God. And I will rejoice in him. Yeah. Because he's the rock of my salvation. When I have questions, he has answers. He could, he could handle all my questions. He could handle all my emotions. He's not going to leave me where I am. That's not the God that we serve. He says, bring him to me. He answered them. Now, he can answer us, and it may not look favorable. It may not look like something that we want. But he says the righteous will live by faith. Yeah. I want to read one more thing for you guys, and, and then we're going to end. And I'm going to give you guys, I want to just give you guys a little bit of a thing to think about before you leave. But before you, before you leave, I want to read to you. And this came to me late last night. Um, this is Psalm 91 out of the New Living Translation. It says, those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust him. For he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from every disease. He could throw, he could, he could protect you from every deadly COVID-19. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in the darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side, though ten thousand are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Just open your eyes and see how the wicked are punished. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home, for he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. These are promises. I'm not reading. This is not a fortune cookie. These are promises. They will hold you up with their hands so you don't even hurt your foot on a stone. You will trample upon lions and cobras and the... I'm, I'm going to leave that out. You're going to trample on lions and cobras. You will crush fierce lions and the serpents under your feet. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, look at that. Look at that. I didn't even read this part. He says, even Habakkuk, when they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with long life and give them my salvation. Thank you, Jesus, for your promises. Thank you, Jesus, for your promises. 
Father, right now, Lord God, as people are watching, as people are taking this in and there's chaos all around us, you said that you will answer us, that when we call on you, you will answer us. Lord God, we are living in a time where that's so confusing and frustrating and angering and we feel so lost, Lord God, but we believe right now that, Lord God, we will trample on the heads of serpents, that no disease will overcome us because the righteous will live by faith. And so for everyone listening right now under, under the name of Jesus, Lord God, we give you our faith. We're going to live by faith. No disease will come our way. For any racism will come our way. In the name of Jesus, we will step on its head. We will step on the head of racism. We will step on the head of injustice. We will step on the head of, of, of anything that comes against us that is not from you. Because we are righteous and we live by faith. In Jesus' name. And everyone said. Amen. Amen. Listen. For some of you guys, I don't know if you have that relationship with Christ. I don't, I don't know what that looks like for you. I don't. But if you don't have a relationship with Christ, it says that the righteous will live by faith and those who call on his name, he's going to answer. And so today is the day of salvation. Do you want to change? Listen, I'm not talking about changing this world right now. I'm talking about changing your destiny. I'm not, I'm not listen, the question no longer is if you wake up tomorrow, what do you what do you, like if you wake up tomorrow, if you were to die tomorrow, what do you get where are you going? That's not the question. That's not the question anymore. The question is if you wake up tomorrow, what are you living for? Because it says the righteous live by faith. If I wake up tomorrow, I'm living by faith in Christ Jesus that he's going to make all things right. He's going to make all things new. And yes, I may have pain. And yes, I may have hurt. And yes, I may have confusion. And yes, I may grieve and mourn. But I have hope. And this hope that I cling to, that God will make all things right and all things new in him. And so if you're a believer, amen. Let's show the world Jesus. Let's show the world what we call in the name of Jesus, how he can transform the earthly. But if you don't know him, I want to invite you into a relationship with him. I want to pray with you right now. If you would close your eyes, say, Father, forgive me. I'm sorry. We need you. I'm hurt. I'm scared. I'm confused. You put me in this body, and I don't understand why, but you do. Father, I want to change not just my future on this earth, but I want to change my destiny. God, I put my faith in you today. I give you my heart that you will change my destiny and that you will hear me when I call. I'm sorry about the way I was living before, but today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of Pentecost. Today is the day I turn from my old self and I turn to you. Use me, God, to fight injustice. Use me to speak against injustice. Use me to live by your word and your word alone. I love you. I thank you. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Um, listen, if you said that prayer, we want to connect with you. We want to pray with you. We want to stand with you. Because um, we just believe that when, when, when the world is in all chaos, Jesus is our peace. We just need to say, peace be still. Jesus told the, the storm, peace be, peace be still. And there's a storm going on right now. You can go to our website, pioneerchurch.com, and fill out a connect form. Fill out that form. Or we want to connect with you. If you have questions, listen, I'm available on social media. You can reach out to me through social media. I'm going to respond. If you have questions about what's going on in the world, if you have questions about your faith, if you have questions about, uh, I'm available to you. I'm available to you. The only way this ends up bad is if you're doing life alone. We, at Pioneer Church, we say journey together. We journey together. My wife spoke about the prayer link, pioneerchurch.com slash prayer, if you need prayer during this time, because this is the time when we need to pray. This is the time, not only pray, but we need to act. And the vision that God gave us, we need to start rapping. 
We need to, whatever we're doing, we need to make it repeatable, we need to make it applicable, and we need to make it um, practical. Again, help us, help us take this ministry to the ends of the earth. Help us take this ministry to the ends of the earth. So if you go to pioneerchurch.com slash give, honor God with your money, honor God with your finances. You know, he honors the tithe, he honors the tenth, because God's going to do more with the ten, with the ten percent that you give him than you can do with ninety. I promise you that, I promise you. He's never failed on his return. But let's pray. We're gonna, I'm going to pray this out, and then um, I'll see you guys next week. Stay close to us. we got some announcements coming up this week, and so we want to let you know what's going on. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for your word, and we know that in your word that you will protect us and keep us, that you have never let us fail. Father, as we go out this week, as we navigate the rest of this week and we navigate the temperature of our society and everything that we're going through, we believe that right now in the name of Jesus, you will give us wisdom and your Lord God, we're, you're going to show us how to wrap your vision and bring others close to you through that. We want to do things that are repeatable, we want to do things that are applicable, and we want to do things that are practical, all for the growth of the kingdom in Christ Jesus, all for the maturity of Christians in Christ Jesus. We love you and we thank you. And it's in your holy name we pray. Amen. I love you guys. Be the blessing. Thank you for listening to the Pioneer Church Podcast. Let's go one step further. Subscribe and share this podcast with family and friends and see how this word changes their life. At Pioneer, we believe in journeying together. If you want to support this ministry, go to pioneerchurch.com slash give to continue to help us to reach people for Jesus. Thank you again for listening, and God bless you.